Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, good morning. Happy Sunday or whatever day it is that you're watching. I pray that you're just sensing in the presence of God in worship. Wasn't a great job by our worship team. Uh, just that, that song, You Are For Me, you know, there wasn't a day that you weren't by my side. Chandler did a great job reminding us of what God is saying and doing in the middle of it all. Uh, so wherever you're watching from, it seems like the whole world is on some level of, of uh, lockdown or shutdown or whatever word you want to use right now. But I, I was reminded, and just before I get into it, this can obviously, as we enter into the Christmas season, it can be the happiest of times. And it can be the most challenging of times. It can be the happiest of times and it can be the most challenging of times. Times when things are going really well, you're celebrating, all that kind of stuff. But Christmas is going to look different uh, for all that we can project right now. But at the same time as it can be the best of times, if you've lost something this year, which I think everybody can say to certain extents uh, we have, I know that there are families in our church and families that I'm uh, familiar with that have lost loved ones this year. And so there's in the middle of celebration, in the middle of great things going on, and we're looking forward to, to Christmas and all that it means because of Jesus. Uh, it's challenging for, for people as well. So be, be aware of the people around you. Uh, if you're one of those that is experiencing great challenge, reach out for a pastoral call. Reach out to prayer at horizonchurch.ca. If you're in our province, you can, uh, for mental health support, you can dial 310-6789. That's 310-6789. Just don't, and, and in all of that, Reach out to somebody, text someone, call someone, don't wait for someone to reach out to you. If you're feeling it, reach out in this season, and we're going to continue to do that uh, as best we can for one another. Let's care for one another. Uh, I'm reminded of John chapter 1, it says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That was written 2,000 years ago as Jesus was coming. The light of the world came into a dark world and the darkness has not overcome it. It hasn't for 2,000 years. It hasn't in 2020. It's not going to. Light overcomes darkness. So wherever we're at, whatever we're going through right now, let's grab a hold of that, that light overcomes darkness. And in this season, uh, Christmas is really, to me, a story about coming home. When I was a young kid, uh, my grandmother lived in the province of Alberta in a place called Alliance, a small little town. I've told this before, but the highlight of Christmas for me was making the trek to go, to go home, in a sense, to be where my grandma was. It was just everything uh, that was so exciting to be with cousins and everything like that. And that coming home is what Jesus did here. See, the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That means Jesus came and made his home with us. We were having some fun, fun with this. I'll be home for Christmas. And if you're in the province of BC, the, the provincial health officer is Dr. Bonnie. And, and we've been talking about, uh, you know, I'll be home for Christmas. It's a famous Christmas carol. But maybe uh, Dr. Bonnie is saying, you'll be home for Christmas. I don't know. You'll be home for Christmas. You can count on it. I hope 
not, but you never know. But this story where Jesus came from heaven and dwelt among us, he made his home among us. And, and all throughout his ministry, his time on earth, Jesus was always about being in the home of people. He was at home with the tax collector that everybody else hated. He was at home in the place of the, the one who was far from God. He was at home with people like Peter that constantly were putting their foot in their mouth and saying things uh, at the worst possible times. He was at home with people like Thomas who struggled with doubting. He was at home with people like Judas who betrayed him. Jesus was at home with people like you and with like me. In the midst of darkness, he came and made his home among us. And that's what Christmas has always been about, is Jesus coming to make his home with us and inviting us to come and make our home with him. In fact, when he left, uh, he said, I am going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a home for you. So not only a home where he invites us into his, this home, this family, this relationship with him, he's also going to prepare a place for us when we when we're done on this earth and this body goes into the ground, I have a home. If I'm a follower of Jesus, I have a home prepared for me. I'll be home for Christmas. And this, we want to talk about how we can be home for Christmas. Because no, no matter where it's at, no matter what you're going through, it might not feel like home right now, but we can still be at home. Because to me, a home represents warmth. It re represents, hopefully, acceptance and love and a place of forgiveness, a place where you can just feel and be yourself. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into. When I think of home in that, that space and context, I was saying this to one of uh, my brothers the other day, thinking back to when I first went to college and I was 17 years old and thought I knew all that and everything. And after like a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, four weeks, I was getting homesick. I couldn't wait to leave home, but then when I was actually gone from home and the familiar things of home, I felt so homesick. And there's different times when maybe you've been like this, you've been traveling a lot and going here and going there, and there's just something about coming home. And when our kids were little, they don't do this so much anymore, mostly because they've moved out, but when I would come home, they would come running to the door, Dad! So wonderful to come home. And I know some of us didn't grow up with that. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us. He's making his home with us and he's inviting us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So no matter where we're at, what experience we've gone through, where we're at right now, what we're feeling right now, we can be at home in a place where we feel warmth, where we feel acceptance, where we feel forgiveness, where we feel the closeness of God with us. How do we find our way home? Jesus in Mark chapter 10, and we're going to this is going to kind of be the foundational verse for this series that we're entering into. Mark chapter 10, and, and it's a story about Jesus. Uh, all, the, had, all these little children were around him, and they were coming to him and trying to get close to him. And the disciples were getting upset about it. And Jesus said, no, let them come close to me. Let them come near me. I want to bless them. But then he ends in verse 15, that section. He said, 
for all of us that maybe are not physically children today, he said, truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. In other words, if you want to get home to be into the kingdom of God, the place where God rules, the place where God's presence is, you have to receive it like a little child. That doesn't mean you get childish. It means you're childlike, that we're full of faith and we're full of looking to, to come close to God with, with a, an adoration and, and, and looking forward to being with him. We must have faith and we must have trust so that no matter what's going on in the world around us, the chaos, that we can always come home. We can always come home. And Jesus wants us, though, to receive it like little children. And unless you have faith like a child, we cannot experience all that God has for us. And so this season, I want to remind us that we can always go home. We can always be home for Christmas and every day of the year. Unless you come like a little child. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And here's our, our bottom line for today out of that, that my God is for me. Because we're going to look at over the next four weeks some attributes of God. Some attributes of who God is because it's his house we're trying to get into. It's his home we're trying to be a part of. And he is the one that sets the tone for the home, so to speak. And we're going to look at different attitude, attributes of God from the uh, perspective of a child. And this idea that God is good, that's the attribute of God's goodness. That's just God is good, which a child might say this way, my God is for me. Wherever you're at right now, say that out loud. My God is for me. One more time. My God is for me. And in a season like this, we remind ourselves that God is good, and because he's good, he is for me. When I was a young kid, maybe in grade one, and we were in a, a school, that a little tiny little multi-grade school. I was in grade one to three in one classroom, and uh, I had a kid in grade three who kind of was a, not kind of, he was a bully, and uh, he would always take my cookies and all kinds of different things and threaten me, and, and but I had a brother who's, I think, uh, maybe five years older than me, so I'm in grade one, he's in grade, I think, grade six, and so I told my brother, this boy over here in grade three is bothering me, and uh, he's hassling me and doing all the stuff, and I don't know what exactly happened after that. But it was small town. It was the 70s. And, and uh, my brother went and had words of some kind, maybe more than words, with that grade three. I hope not. Didn't hurt him too bad or anything like that. But that kid never bothered me again. And it changed the posture of how I walked because I knew that my brother was for me. And some of us, that's what I'm trying to bring home to us today, that no matter what situations where we're walking in, no matter what we're feeling, feeling bullied by life or, or just down or, or maybe you're doing well, I don't know, but to remind ourselves of the attribute of God, of God's goodness, and as a child would say, my God is for me. My God is before me. I don't know if, you're, if, if you've ever watched kids, but uh, when kids are small, if they've grown up, we, sing, we teach them uh, in the church songs like, uh, yes, Jesus loves me. Uh, yes, Jesus loves me no matter what I look like. We, we teach them the goodness of God, and they grow up with this uh, expectation that God is good. 
And they grow up expecting and saying, my God is for me. But what begins to happen over life is maybe they're praying, their family is having difficulties and, and their, their, par their parents are fighting and, and they're praying and saying, oh God, that you would bring my family together. And, and they pray and they pray and they pray and somehow mom and dad divorce. And they go, God, where were you in that? Or maybe they're praying for Nana who goes into the hospital and they're praying and praying. She's got some disease and they're praying and they're praying and, and, and Nana doesn't come home. And they're, God, where are you? And they, they have these things that are happening and, and time after time in his life, he, maybe he or she suffers disappointments and they start to question and they say, if God is good and if God is for me, then why are these things happening to me? Where is God's goodness in the craziness? And tragically, sometimes those kids grow up to be people like you and like me who start to say, well, maybe, maybe God isn't for me. Maybe God isn't good. Maybe God isn't even really there. And our disappointment starts to shape our expectation. And we start to say, why, if there's this kind of a God, where is he? What's he doing? And what I want to do today is I want to, us to read a couple of different verses and, uh, that I think very clearly show us that God is for us. But you know, it's not going to be enough just for me to read some verses and say some encouraging things. God's going to have to do a work in each of our hearts. And, and wherever you're at today, I would challenge you to say, just invite God to do something in you today. That God would shift something in you that needs to be shifted. That your ears would be open to hear. That your heart would be open to receive today. Because I can say a bunch of things, but if God isn't doing a work in the middle of it all, it's just, it's just a bunch of noise. So let's invite God into our story. Let's invite and say, God, take me a little closer today. Bring me a little closer so that I can be home for Christmas. One of the clearest verses that says God is for me is this one out of Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. What kind of plans? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's the kind of plans that God has for you because God is good. And we're going to talk more about that. But not only plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. So no matter where we're at right now, the plans of God are to give us a hope. Somebody say hope. Say hope. God give me a hope and God's going to give me a future. So whatever's happening in my life, that God, there's a plan and a future for my life. If it's difficult right now, which it is for many, I can hold on to the goodness of God and say that there's a plan for my life, there's a future for my life. And Paul the Apostle said this, if God is for us, God is for us, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Or what thing can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? What can be against us? Because if your finances are against you right now, God is for you. If you are stressed out to the max, God is for you. If you are struggling with fear and anxiety, remind your fear and your anxiety, my God is for me. If you're weary in all of what's going on and your weariness is overcoming you, you remind yourself and you remind your weariness, my God is for me. If you're in relational frustration with someone, my God is for me. If you're in the middle of discouragement, 
judgment right now. Maybe you need to stand to your feet wherever you are and just say it out loud. My God is for me. My God is good and my God is for me. No matter what's going on around me, the darkness is all around me, but the light has come into the world and Jesus has come and dwelt among us. He's made his home among us. He's invited me into the home. He's invited me into a place of safety. He's invited me into a place of security. And my God is for me, for me, for you, for your family, for your business, for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can just stand and say, my God is for me, no matter what's going on. And I also want to give you three perspective changes. When you understand that God is for me, what begins to happen for you? Number one, I don't, I don't hide from God, but I run to God. I don't hide from God, but I run to God. You know, when, when our kids were little, whenever something happened that we knew was not right, maybe something got broken or, or maybe they were somewhere that they shouldn't have been, uh, they didn't automatically run to us because they were concerned about what might happen. Maybe they were concerned for the discipline or they were worried about what would happen or they'd have to go to their room or whatever. Because what's happening often is when we're in a place where we've done something wrong, there might be shame that we might feel, where we feel like God, won't, God will not accept me. Maybe we're, we're afraid of God. We're afraid he's going to zap us with some kind of lightning bolt or whatever it might be. There's no trust in God. And our nature is to run and hide from God. In fact, at the very beginning, Adam and Eve hid themselves from God. They didn't, want, they didn't want to get close to God. They hid themselves from God. And it says in Genesis 3, and I think it's verse 10, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Because he didn't trust the nature and the goodness of God. But when you realize, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you've been adopted into the family of God, that you've come home, that you have been adopted into the family of God, you've come home, you're a son or a daughter of God, it's not based on your behavior, it's not based on how good you are, it's based on how, I need some water, on the unconditional love of God, the unchanging love of God, the unending love of God. That's what it's based upon. So the goodness of God is not conditional upon your behavior. So you don't have to hide from God. But in fact, when things are messed up, when there's things messed up inside of us or in our life, we run to God and get closer to the answer for what we're going through. We can't fix ourselves. We need the help of God. And some of us right now, have been hiding from God, maybe in some ways that you've not even been aware from, where you've disconnected yourself from being involved in relationships or in small group or in church, or you've disconnected yourself from reading the Word of God, you've disconnected yourself from prayer, you've disconnected yourself from talking to God, you've disconnected yourself from acknowledging God, and you feel like, man, I, I, I've run from God instead of run to Him in this season. Some of us are hiding in our work. Some of us are hiding in endless Netflix series. Some of us are hiding in food. Some of us are hiding in pornography. 
The reality is, in our own way, many of us have been hiding in this season. But when you realize that God is good and that God is for you, you don't hide from God, but you run to God in the season. And I love what Proverbs 18 says. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. In other words, he's good. He's a safe place. He's a safe father. And what do I do? The righteous run to it and they are safe. Well, you say, I'm not so righteous. But when I'm a follower of Jesus, Jesus forgives me. Jesus makes a way for me and opens the door to a relationship with God. And I walk in the righteousness of Jesus and I run to him and I'm safe. I go home. I go home. And when I realize that God is for me, I don't live for God's approval, but from his approval. And I find many Christians who struggle with this one. But it's a game changer if we can live this. And Romans 5 and 8 says this, God demonstrates his own love for us in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, I didn't deserve anything from him. He showed his goodness to me. When I didn't even want to have anything to do with God, he went to the cross and made the ultimate sacrifice and died in, in my place and in your place and, and gave his life to pay the punishment for our sin so that we can be reconciled to God, God and rose again and in newness of life and means that everything is possible when you become a follower of Jesus because he died, buried, and rose again and makes anything possible for you. And some of us live in that tension of always trying to struggle and find our way to God and, and, and make our way back and and God, well, he's for me when I'm doing well. But let me here tell you this. He's for you when you stumble in your sin. He's for you when you're doing well. He's for you when you're an abject failure in terms of your behavior. He's a failure. He sees, when you're a failure, he sees beyond your failure. He sees beyond our sin. He sees beyond where we can't get ourselves fixed. And he says, I am for you. There's no greater love. He demonstrated, he showed it. He, he, he manifested his love for us in that way. I don't have to live for his approval but I live from his approval, like a little child who understands that my God is good and he accepts me where I am, how I am, and he loves me and is going to help me become all that he's called me to be. He's going to pull me out of where I am. And some of us who are performance addicts, in this scripture helps you to recognize that God is for you. When you realize that he is for you, you'll stop living under the tension and the struggle of performance and trying to make yourself right with God. But God while you were still a sinner, when you didn't have it together, when you were screwing it up, Christ died for you. At my worst, he saw me. And you can understand that he approves of you through Christ and therefore you live with the confidence that he is for you. If God is for me, I don't fear what happens to me because I know God is working in me. Here's, this, is a game, this is a huge one in our world right now because all of the things that are going on that would cause people to fear, some people are afraid, some people are angry, some people are frustrated, some people are ready to lose it on the cashier or you're trying to, you're, you go within 5.5 feet of someone and they lose their, their mind and start yelling at you and all the crazy stuff that's going on. And it's easy to get caught up in that. But I'm here to remind you that I don't fear what happens to me 
because I know that God is working in me. In fact, I love this passage of Scripture. And we know, we, what? We think? No. We know that in all things, all things, all things. Come on, somebody in Princeton, stand and say all things. Somebody who's watching on Thursday night or maybe tonight on, online at 8. All things God is working together for my good. That means the good things. That means the bad things. That means the things I don't agree with. That means the things I don't understand yet. That means all things that God is working together for my good. I've told you this story before, but it was such a pivotal moment in my life when in 2010, uh, Shanda and I lost our position and our job unexpectedly in a church we were in. And in one, just in one day, everything shifted for us. We had to move away from the town. We lost loads of friends. We lost uh, ministry opportunities. We had to move out of the city, all kinds of things. And it was incredibly painful. And I remember saying to Shanda in this moment, I said, remember that God is for us and God's going to make a way for us and God's going to bring it up great for us and we did not know how and I will say this that that painful season which lasted two three years that all set us up for what God has done for our in our lives for the last six seven years at Horizon Church and the good things that we've seen and been able to participate in is because all that painful thing God was working together for our good God is working right now in things that you don't understand because God is working for your good. And it might not be good, but God is still on the throne. He's still working in the dark. He's still working in a challenging season. And when you understand that God is for you, who can be against you? When you don't know why it's happening to you, you say God is good and he's working all things for my good. Because sometimes what is a setback is God is just resetting you for a comeback that's going to be better, that's going to be an upgrade, that's going to take you further, that even out of pain, he's going to cause ministry opportunities where you can help someone else. I don't know, but I do know this, that God, we know, if you're a follower of Jesus, we know that God is working for my good, and I don't fear what happens to me because I know that God is working in me. You know, in my own life, if there's anything, if there's anything that's strong in me, if there's any faith in me, if there's any... Um, gifting in me, if there's any uh, things that I, people would say that's great in your in Craig's life, I'll tell you this, it did not come through easy times. It came through difficult times. It came through painful seasons. It came through seasons of rejection. It came through seasons where I didn't know where, our, where the next job was going to come from, where our money was going to come from. And in those seasons of trial and setback and difficulty, God was working, is working, and is still working for my good and for your good. And so when Encourage yourself this morning that God is for you. He's good and he is for you this morning. And since God has been with me in my yesterdays, I know he is with me in my todays and he will be with me in the tomorrows that I don't know what they hold. God is for me. And when you realize he's for you, you don't hide from him, you run to him. When you realize that he is for you, you don't uh, live for approval, you live from approval in confidence. And when you realize that he is for you, you don't worry what happens to you because you know that God is working for you. God is for you. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't understand it, and the darkness has not overcome it. In 
in dark seasons, in difficult seasons, we remind ourselves of the goodness of God. My God is for you. My God is for me. Your God is for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he is for you. And he's working things out for your good and his glory. And maybe though you're like, you're saying, Pastor, I really need the favor of God, the goodness of God. I need to, to believe it in a fresh way. If, you, if you're on the chat right now, just put a hand up or say, that's me. And I'm going to pray for you in a moment. I'm going to look on, online here. If you're saying, Pastor, I, I'm one who just says, I need to remind myself that God is for me. And, God is, and, and I'm going to pray for you in a moment. I'm just going to watch here in a second. Watch it come up, see if anybody. Yeah, Keanu, we're going to pray for you. Remind myself that God is good for you. I'm going to pray for you. And maybe, you're, you're, maybe you need to actually email prayer at Horizon Church and just say, here's the situation. Please pray for me. We'll confidentially do that. Yes, Elena, we're going to pray with you. Put your hand up on there, someone. Come on. Come on, Mark. Let's go. Alexandra, we need that reminder that God is good. Chantel, yes, God is for you. Father, I thank you that you are for us, Lord. And I pray in this season, Lord, where all the craziness that's going on, in a season where we celebrate that we can go home, that no matter what's going on in our lives and around our lives, Lord, that we can be home at Christmas, even if it feels so different, that we can come home because Jesus came and made his home with us and then invited us to have a home with him. And Lord, I pray this season that people would sense and know the goodness of God. Lord, I pray that you would break lies that say that you have forgotten people. Lord, I pray that new faith would arise right now in hearts where it's gone dim. Lord, I pray where we've been running from you, Lord, we'd run to you again, Lord. We would not look for our hope in, in things or people or situations to be changed, but we would come to you and run to you in this season. Thank you that you're working in the middle of it all. And I also want to talk to some others who maybe are not sure where you stand with God. You're going to say, Craig, I don't know if I'm in, uh, I've come home to be with Jesus. Or maybe you've wandered away and, and you know you're not right with God right now. You know, it's, it's super easy to come home. It's super easy to come home. I have this saying that I say, no matter how long you've gone or how far you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always turn around. And so some of you, it's a turnaround moment today where you're turning towards home and saying, God, I need you. And it's as simple as this, to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Forgive, come into my life and lead my life. Forgive my sin and be the leader of my life. I want to come home. And if you pray that from your heart in your own words to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and invite Jesus to lead your life, you can come home now. Today is your day. And so, Lord, I pray that as people are praying that prayer right now, Father, be merciful to me, a sinner. Thank you that sons and daughters are coming home. Thank you that sons and daughters are streaming back because of your goodness, Lord. While we were yet sinners, you died for us, Lord. You made a way home for us. And so, Lord, I pray that in this, this Christmas season, 2020, where it's dark, that this will be the greatest harvest of people returning to Jesus, the great stream of people thronging back home to God. Father, thank you for your richness of mercy, you who are rich in mercy and abounding in love that we are coming home today. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and an amen. God is for you. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.